Hi, and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 18, reviewing your finances if you're recently divorced or separated. Phil's going to tell you exactly why we've chosen to do this one specifically now, just into the new year, in just a moment. Why would we do this podcast now? Reviewing your finances if you're recently divorced or separated. Full details in just a sec. By the way, if you've only just found us, first of all, thank you for doing that. And after you've finished this episode, you can jump into our previous ones and have a proper binge in any order you like. Uh, The last episode we did uh, was on bill busting trying to save you money on the stuff that you pay for every month. And the couple before that were to do with mortgages. And there are loads more in our library. They all work as standalone shows, but make sure you have a listen to them all when it suits you, however it suits you. And then if you'd be kind enough to rate and review us, we'd be very grateful. Oh, and hit subscribe as well. And that way you get new episodes as soon as they drop and you'll be right up to date. All importantly, the podcast is absolutely free. So we're off to a flyer in saving money. Now, for our back catalogue of money advice shows, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Mellis. With me, as always, the star of the show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How's things? Good, thank you. Now, I mentioned this a moment ago. Let's get the answer now. Why have you chosen this time of year for a podcast called Reviewing Your Finances If You're Recently Divorced or Separated? I thought it would be, be a good one to do because traditionally January is always the busiest month of the year for people separating and starting divorce proceedings. So I thought the timing would be quite good. I don't really know why that's the case. Maybe it's just that people think, right, New Year, fresh start. Yeah, maybe. Um, there was always, I know some people have commented to me in the past saying, oh, it's because like with Christmas parties, folk <laughs> kind of affairs and things, but whether that's true, I don't yeah. know. I've been oh, figures or, this year you know, because we, no Christmas parties uh, yeah. recently. So well, that's it'll true. be interesting to see if that figure is the same this year as it's maybe been in, in past years. Yeah, and, and maybe as well, maybe uh, another thing that's factored in previous years, maybe not so much this time around, is uh, you know that, that sort of stress of, of Christmas and putting up with the in-laws and things like that. So <laughs> if they haven't been round then maybe, maybe the, these figures won't be as high. No. You know, that could be the final straw. I suppose um, the, the big thing here, Phil, is, is that there, there could be potentially so many other things going on in your life as a result of a relationship ending that your eye might not be completely on the ball because you're, you're stretched so thinly across everything. And even worse, this might be coming at you completely unaware if you haven't initiated these proceedings. So let's dive in. What are the sorts of things that we're, we're going to have to consider? I know, that's it. I mean, if, if somebody's recently divorced or separated, they, they've probably gone through a big emotional upheaval. They might have had to have moved home. Their financial circumstances are likely to have changed. They might have less money to live on. And spending patterns could be, be a lot different for, for them as well. So there's quite a few different things to cover today. Okay, let's, let's begin with, uh, with your income. How could that be affected? But the in- income something that could be affected in a number of ways. I mean, if, if you've got a couple that was both working, you may find that you've only then got, got one wage coming in. So I, I often say, if I'm speaking to anyone that's separated, often start by, by having a look at your income. I mean, that, that can come from, from several sources. I mean, for some, they, they may end up, I mean, you, you get some couples that keep their finances totally separate, mm. but then you might find that, Somebody might have child maintenance to pay. So, so not always does people's income go down in that 
during a separation, there are instances where it can go up, but for, for most people, it, it is more likely that it, it's usually to go down. But I always say to folk, it's like, have a look at what income you've got, work out what sources there are, um, have a look and see if there's any benefits available to you. So for example, if someone's on a low income, if they're maybe not working because they're sick, it might be that they've got children, if they're over the age of 60, if they've got a disability, or if they've got caring responsibilities, that can all be reasons why someone can maybe get benefits. And a really good website to go on, there's a website called turntous.org.uk. So it's turn, T-U-R-N, then the number two, and then us, us.org.uk. It's really good. They've got help or, or features on there where you can put in all your details and it'll actually calculate what benefits you, you'd be entitled to. The, the sort of things that you need when you're, you're going on that calculator, um, you would need details of your income, details of any existing benefits, do you get any pension benefits, any savings you've got, and it's also good to have your outgoings, but we'll touch on the expenses in, in just a few moments as well. So that's a really good website to, to kind of try and show you what benefits you may be entitled to and, and how much you would get. But um, I'll, I'll put a link to that website in the show notes as well. And then another thing that, that someone could maybe look at, they, they would look at their income, but they, they might also be able to look at state benefits, or sorry, as well as state benefits. They, they may also get things like the 25% single person reduction on their council tax. So it's worth looking to see if they can get that sort of things as well. But good, good to just... First of all, look and say, right, what have I got coming in? And then the next thing to do is, is look at the expenses going out. Okay. And of course, you, you say that, you know, these expenses are probably going to change as well. I would have thought undoubtedly increasing, if, you, if you're going to separate and maybe move out of the, the marital home or the joint home, then you're going to have to find somewhere for yourself. That would be one extra. But what, what sort of things are we looking at here, Phil? I know, I mean, if, if someone has to move home, then they're going to have more bills to, to pay. I mean, it might be that someone's maybe moved out of the home and left one in it, that they've then got maybe all the bills to pay instead of sharing the, the cost. So there's a lot of factors when you look at the, the expenses. But what I always say to people is it's a good idea to jot down all of your expenses. Um, and I would always start with the essential items so I would start with them and then move on to all the, the nice to have. So just looking and saying, right, what have I got to pay out? And then what other things are more discretionary spending? Mm. I know some people that, that use like a spending diary and they, they use that to try and hold themselves to account just to see what they, they have going out. And it kind of makes them more aware of, of what they've, they've got going out and spending there. But it's good by, by looking at the expenses, you can then see what you need to have coming in um, and you might need to see right do I need to cut my cloth so so certainly looking at your income and then looking at your expenses uh, if you're in this situation mm-hmm. and given all this uh, pretty quickly like you say you're going to hit the concept of trying to save more of the money that you you do have coming in uh, there must be a few things you can do there yeah, I mean, the, in last week's podcast, we, we covered quite a lot. So if, if someone yeah. hasn't listened to that, I, I definitely say going back and, and listening to that one because that was specifically on cutting your bills. So I think that one would be of, of use to a lot of people listening to this podcast. Some of the points that we touched on in, in that one was like regularly reviewing your household bills, using comparison websites. They, they can help to, to look at things like 
saving money on energy bills, mobile phones, looking at broadband deals, insurance costs. So there's a lot of things when someone separates, there's a lot of things to kind of look at and take into account. And I would also be urging people when, when they're cutting their bills, reviewing all their debts. So having a look and saying, right, let's review any loans, credit cards, mortgages. You've also got the, the fact that, I mean, it, it might be a joint mortgage. Um, mm. So there, there's different factors there to, to look into as well. So again, that's something we, we'll probably touch on in a, a few moments' time. I, I Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume that means that you could be paying for somewhere you've left and somewhere you're now in, but we'll, we'll come on to that as you yeah. say. I, I know from other episodes that we've made, like you mentioned, that this could also impact upon pretty much every other financial package element in your life, things like wills and pensions. Um, so what other things do we have to consider here? There, there is a lot to, to take into account. And the thing is, it's easy to miss some of these things because when, when people split up, they've got other things on their mind. And, and things like, for example, you mentioned their wills, it, it's always worth updating your will if you split up because you may decide, right, I, I, my intention had been to leave everything to my husband or wife or to, to whoever, but you, there's probably a good chance that you would want to change who the, the beneficiaries of your will. Mm-hmm. So that, that's something to take into account. Also as well, I mean, on, on people's pensions, they, they'll often nominate a beneficiary and quite often it's a, a spouse or partner that, that gets mentioned there. So again, that's something you may want to, to think, right, if I die, who do I want getting my pension? Mm. Who's currently nominated? I, I've seen it quite several times in the past where someone's nominated maybe like an ex-partner or spouse and and then they're like, oh, I wouldn't really want them getting it. I don't get on with them. And it, it's easy to have oversights when, you're, when you've got so much on your mind at that kind of point in time. Mm. So there, there's definitely a, a lot of factors. One, one of the podcasts that we also did, I, it's funny, it's a couple of times we've referred back to some of the previous <laughs> yeah. podcasts, but we, we did one, one of the, the first ones we did was on life insurance on an ex-partner. So that that's something that a lot of people don't really take into account. And the reason we did that podcast was, I, I remember one day I'd been speaking to a, a woman and her ex had passed away and it, the, the downside of that meant that she doesn't get any child maintenance payments mm. for, for her son anymore. So that, that was a really, if you've got kids and you're separating, that's a really good podcast to, to go back to as well, because mm. it's, that is probably out of everything the, the most overlooked area when you're sorting out all the, the finances. I remember that one because we, we said at the time, you know, life insurance and an ex-partner. It sounds like a Columbo plot. You know, you, you saw through a floorboard and say, oh, come over here and get a drink. I know. <laughs> and they go straight through. That's what it sounded like. But it does actually make sense when you, when you talk about it. And yeah. like you say, um, it's on our, our back catalogue as well. Um, you touched on mortgages earlier, Phil. Tell us about yeah, that Yeah, well. thing, thing with a mortgage is if, if someone has a joint mortgage, they're both liable for it. Now, I, I've had in the past where, where I've seen it, and you maybe get one of them that says, I'm not paying it. And then the other one says, right, I'll pay. I'll pay my half, but I'm not paying your half. Mm. But you've got to watch for situations like that because that can, even though you maybe think, right, I'm going to pay half of it, you're both jointly liable for that payment. So if, that's, if things aren't, if you're not getting on, that can be a situation where if you don't make the, the full mortgage payment, you can end up looking like you've got mortgage arrears. And 
it can get quite messy in, in that instances. And if someone's got a mortgage, I mean, it's like, do they have to buy the other one out? Can they afford it on their own? There's a lot of things to, to look into when someone is separating. So, I mean, we touched on some of the other areas there. So we said like wills is, is an important consideration, reviewing your pensions and who gets that if you were to die. Another thing that comes up quite a lot with, with people separating is what's called pension sharing orders. I now, saw this. I've never, ever heard of this. So this is going to be handy. Yeah. What, what happens is when, when someone splits up, they quite often it'll be done through solicitors yeah. and what they'll do is they'll, they'll list all the assets, they'll list all the liabilities, but they, they'll take an account and they, they'll say, right, what's the, the situation with pensions? So, so just to give you an example, you might have a chap out working, he's built up a big pension pot, his wife was maybe at home looking after the children and, and if that was the situation, he may have quite a large pension, she may have little or no pension. So, so one of the things that they, they do when they're taking into account, when it goes to court, they, they, they sometimes do what's called a pension sharing order. So basically, they, some of the money that's in that pension pot gets split. So, they, so one of the parents, or sorry, I say parents, one of the, the people from the separation would, could get some of the pension, and that's called a, a pension sharing order. Now, if, if they do a pension sharing order, the money coming out of a pension has got to go in to another pension. Sometimes the, the solicitors can like offset things and say, right, we'll take less of your pension, but we'll want more money out of the house. And they, there can be an awful lot to sort out. Unfortunately, it can sometimes take an awful long time to, to sort out as well. I mean, mm. I, I suppose without sounding fickle, the solicitors, I mean, it's the, the longer things drag on, the more money they're going to make. So, unfortunately, like separation... I know, unfortunately, not all separations are going to be amicable and, yeah. and quite a number of them, unfortunately, aren't. But they, there's an awful lot of different things to look at when financially when, when someone separates. Okay, uh, and a few to think about there. Now, every week uh, when we've been covering these topics, Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by those subjects that we've been discussing. I wonder... Uh, I'm actually a little bit frightened here, Phil. <laughs> I wonder if you've got an experience reviewing your finances. Have you recently divorced or separated? I've I've never been married, but I've, I've been separated a couple of times now. And I know from my experiences, you want to try and make things as amicable as you can, especially if there's children involved, because they, they're the, the often the innocent party when, when people are, are splitting up. But the, the one thing I would say is that when... When you do separate, I mean, I know myself, there's, there's often big financial implications and, and it is, it's easy to miss things. And I know for myself, I mean, I've got quite a lot of life insurance so that if anything happens to myself, my children are, are well looked after. One of my ex-partners, we never really used to get on all that well, but we, we get on probably better now than just about ever have. And, and I, I've got her now as the trustee that if anything happens to myself, there's a, a, quite a large pot of money there left for, for bringing up the children. And, and for us, it, it's worked well trying to, to work together. So I'd probably say from, from my position, it's not always easy, especially when, when it's quite fresh and it's not long since someone's split up. But it is, it's good to try and get on, especially for the, the sake of the kids as well. But ho hopefully by covering just a few of the points in this episode, it'll help some people that's maybe been in that position um, that I've, I've been in myself previously. 
what was it Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow called it? A conscious uncoupling where they, uh, That's right. they, yeah, yeah for, for the good of the kids, they still sort of hang out and, and try and do things like a family and yeah. uh, try and do things the, the best they can. Uh, we all do this bit as well, Phil. You find inspiration, I know, through various folk that you admire, some famous, some not, uh, and you do love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for Yeah, the, the quote I've got this week is, accept what is, let go of what was, and have faith in what will be. And that was from someone called Sonia Ricotti. Wow, very deep. I thought it would kind of, I don't know, it's kind of more relevant to like people splitting up. And yeah. I, I would say, just going back to like my situation, I mean, sometimes when you split up, it can be a really hard time. But I, I guess I've always been a believer in maybe what will be will be, but I've always kind of thought, yeah, just trust that everything happens for the for the best. And mm. I mean, I know when myself and my first partner, I mean, we've got five kids together and it was hard when we split up and Jeepers, there was a lot to, to sort out. But um, over time, you do realise that things, I know for, for me, it certainly worked out for the, the best in the end. But uh, one thing that we've also got, uh, I do have a a guide for on like separation and divorce and how it can impact on your finances. So if any would like a copy of that, just get in touch through any of the social media channels or, or if they wanted to email me, my, my email address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Um, if anyone gets in touch, I can send them that guide uh, and it's free of charge as well. So again, that might just be an additional resource that can help people okay. as well. And I'll give you those contact details again before the end of this podcast. Now, uh, to summarise on this one, Phil, what's our takeaway from this? I'd probably say that separating is a big change in, in anyone's life they're divorcing or, or separating. What, what I would say about big changes in people's lives is that that's often a trigger for a time that they should review their finances. And I, I would say anybody going through it, definitely best looking to, to kind of sit down with someone and a financial advisor or a financial planner, have a look at things. Mortgage advisors can help as well if you're looking at, at reviewing a mortgage. Um, your solicitor would be another point of contact. But I often say that people should, when there's any big changes in life, that's when they should be saying, right, let's have a review of our financial situation. So that would be the, the key takeaway from today's show. And that's going to affect a, a question we've got coming up in just a second, actually. Um, Phil is really keen on, on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's and the contact details that Phil mentioned there coming up again if you missed them first time around. Now, our first question today comes from Callum in Newborough, who's asking about redundancy. Now, he says he's fairly confident because he's going through this uh, lengthy period of consultation with his company. Um, he's fairly confident he's about to lose his job, along with hundreds of others from the same company. Uh, he wants to make sure that he's got his financial life jacket sort of properly fastened here, Phil, so you can give him a, a very quick checklist where he can tick things off that he's done and maybe address anything that he still needs to. Before Phil starts here, I'm, I'm pretty certain podcast number one, I think, actually, yeah, for a back catalogue. Yeah, it covered redundancy, didn't it? That was the very first one. And it's I, that was what I was going to say my, myself, just as you were asked or mentioned speaking there. And mm. uh, the very first podcast we did was on, on redundancy, and it's still so topical now mm. than it was few months back and yeah. you, you still hear more people being made redundant more companies folding and, and oh, it, you, you just hope that it'll start to, to get better soon but mm -hmm. one website that, that I was having a look at just recently that, that's really good for someone in this position is the the citizens advice website they've got a really good page on 
preparing for redundancy. So it goes on about things like that you can contact your local job centre so they can try and help you find more work. It also tells you about the fact that you're entitled to take time off work. If you're made redundant, you can take time off work to, to go and look for, for a new job. So that, that page there on the Citizens Advice website is is really good. And again, I mean, if, if someone's getting made redundant, you want to check and see like any redundancy payments you're entitled to. Can you get payment in lieu of notice if you're not having to work your, your full notice? Are you due any holiday pays? any outstanding bonuses, commissions. So there, there's, there's quite a lot to, to kind of cover, but that, that page on the, the Citizens Advice page is, is a really good one. In the fod, first podcast as well, I mentioned um, the first £30,000 of any redundancy payment is paid tax-free. There was the, the first podcast had tips where if you were getting more than that, you can look at things like paying money into a pension and different kind of ins and outs and tips to help people there. So there is a lot. I mean, it also goes on to say about is there benefits that you can claim as well? So um, I I would definitely recommend going on the the Citizens Advice website and having a look at that page on preparing for redundancy. Brilliant. Um, Next up is Amanda in Aberdeen. Now, she's got a question on getting a financial health check. She's got everything from life insurance to a pension, home insurance, a mortgage, pretty much the full bifta apart from maybe any type of additional investment because she she's never had anything surplus to put in anywhere she wants to check all these things are still necessary and working for her whether she's paying enough into anything um whether she's paying too much all of that but she doesn't know how much to get this expert to check is going to cost her is there any way that you can give her a ballpark figure phil yeah i mean i, I know i i probably say the majority financial advisors would tend to do a free initial consultation for someone. Not all of them will do that. And, and the other thing to look at as well is that pe- people often have a perception of financial advisors saying, oh, it's all, you've got to be really rich to, mm. to have a financial advisor. And, and really, that's not the case. I mean, you, you will find that some financial advisory firms will maybe say, right, you've got to have a minimum wealth of X amount. So I know, I know one big firm, uh, not too far from from where I work. They they've got a minimum. You've got to have a minimum wealth of two hundred and fifty thousand, mm. or they won't deal with you. I've heard of other financial advisor firms that maybe have a hundred thousand minimum in, a minimum wealth. I've heard of others. That there's some that won't deal with you unless you've got half a million quid or more. Mm-hmm. So th- th- there's not going to be that many people fall into that category. But many financial advisory firms will deal with people regardless of their level of wealth. A good place to find a financial advisor, there's a website called unbiased.co.uk. You can put in your town or where you stay and it'll come up with with a list. It'll also tell you ones that'll do a free initial consultation. The the ones that'll do the free initial consultation, what they'll usually tend to do is find out a bit about you, try and find out what your kind of goals are, your, your sort of priorities are. They'll then also be able to give you an idea and say, right, we can help with this. We can review your mortgage. We can review your pension. But they will also tell you what the costs would be for doing that as well. Some things, most on things like pensions and investments, that is all fee-based. Now, in the past, it used to be that advisors could get paid a commission from the companies for setting up policies. So it's all fee-based, which is great for clients because they know 
that an advisor is not going to be biased towards a certain company because it pays them more. Some products, things like you mentioned home ins- house insurance there, things like house insurance, car insurance, insurance brokers would get paid a commission for, for somebody setting up that sort of policy. But I, I would definitely say look for, for a financial advisor that would do a free initial consultation and they would be able to tell you exactly what, what they can help with and how much that would cost you. Brilliant. I would just say too, um, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we, we've covered a fair few topics so far. We're, another couple there that we just mentioned. Uh, we may have touched on something that you are interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. Now, if you feel that you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil is on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or you can email Phil a question. This was also the email address that he gave out for that free guide uh, if you've recently divorced or separated. Uh, but you can ask a question on this email too. On a future show, he could be addressing it. And you can get in touch with Phil, phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast like i say and please be assured we won't use your real name if you prefer us not to remember if you found this useful please rate and recommend us and please subscribe on apple or whatever you get your podcasts that way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it you'll get all the links you need on phil's social media good luck with your money phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further we'll see you next time thanks for listening thanks very much john 